Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Disciple Makers Podcast. This is your host, Dave Stovall, and we're about to jump into one of the last four track sessions from last year's forum. It features Curtis Sargent from Zume Training. Zume Training is an online and in-life learning experience designed for small groups who follow Jesus to learn how to obey His Great Commission and make disciples who multiply. They've got courses, guidebooks, and online groups, so make sure to check out zoome.training after you finish this episode. All right, everybody, let's jump into the episode and hear from Curtis Sargent. Enjoy. All right. So, um, mainly I'm going to talk about Zoom A today, but a little bit also about sort of an ecosystem of other websites that are related um, to various degrees with it. Um, so, Zoom A is the Greek word for yeast, referencing the kingdom parable where Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a woman who took yeast and mixed it into a large amount of flour until it was all leavened. So just this, you know, kind of picture of small things making a big difference, you know, even in the hands of ordinary people, right? And so that's kind of the idea behind Zume. It is um, an introductory online, primarily, um, training for multiplying disciples in simple churches. Um, it's all free. Everything related to it's free. It's in um, currently 40 languages and, you know, more in process of being translated. And the, um, the format of it is, um, you can either call it whiteboarding or video scribe and so maybe actually i'll just show a brief part of the landing page video to give you an idea of the style of it welcome to zoom a training have you ever wondered how the church got started how a handful of followers of an obscure carpenter's son all living in a small suburb in the middle east became a global revolution that now counts almost one-third of the human population as members the first church sent ordinary people around the world to tell others about Jesus. The first church sent ordinary people to stand before governors and generals and rulers and kings. The first church sent ordinary people to heal the sick, feed the hungry, raise the dead, and teach all of God's commands to everyone in the world. They gave away their possessions, rescued others out of debt, protected the poor, lifted up the least, and in many cases laid down their own lives for what they believed. The first church sent ordinary people to change the world, and they did. But how? How did all this happen without buildings or staff or programs or budgets? How did it start? And how did it grow? The answer is, it started small, just a handful of ordinary people. And it grew because those ordinary people People like me and you were willing to say yes to whatever God asked them to do. Ordinary people, simple steps, obeying God, changing the world. And at the center of it all was Jesus. 
That was God's plan all along. If you've ever wondered why you're here and what you can do to make a difference, you may want to learn more about Zume training. Zume is an online course built for ordinary people to learn simple steps to obey God and change the world. And at the center of it all is Jesus. Ready for your first step? Stop and pray right now. Ask Jesus if Zume is for you. If he says yes, then fill out the form and get started. Simple. All right. So that gives you an idea of the format. So all of the content videos use that that same style. Um, and as I mentioned, it's in 40 languages. So the default way or, you know, kind of original intent was for it to be used as um, like a small group curriculum. And the only drawback is we designed it with two hour chunks. So for a lot of small groups, that's uncomfortable, but you could readjust most of it without any problem. There's two sessions that it's hard to get at less than an hour and a half, but um, you know, you can repackage it for yourself, but it's designed to go through as a small group, four to 12 people is what we suggest for that. And each lesson as it were has, I'll just kind of walk you through what the structure looks like. So it just walks you through a series of st steps. So it's kind of self-facilitated. So here it prompts you to download the guidebook, which has printed resources that you can reference throughout, you know, the course. And of course, if you wanted, you can print it out, but most people use it as PDFs. After you do that, it prompts you to pray as a group, tells you what to pray for, right? Then the next step is one of these videos, and then there's a discussion question. And so it'll tell you, you know, take 15 minutes for this. The, the video is three minutes, so that leaves you 12 minutes to discuss that question. Then there's another content video, same thing. This time, three discussion questions after that. And then there's another content video and two discussion questions. And then we introduce a tool. <clears throat> and so this tool is in the guidebook. And then we also give an audio introduction to the tool. And so at that point, um, then in the first lesson, we introduce another tool that's also in the guidebook and we give a, an audio introduction to it. Then is a big chunk of the time is spent in practicing related to that second tool. So you break into groups of two or three people of the same gender, spend the next 45 minutes working together through these accountability questions and, and so on. So you actually practice using the tool in the group and then at the end of that lesson, we always have obey, share, pray, and then trying to get people to kind of promote Zoom A on social media. So in this case, the first tool that they learned, the assignment is to practice that Bible reading style or format daily between this time and the next time you meet, which in most cases is a week and journal what, what that Bible study time is. 
and then the share. Pray for who who God would have you to be in an accountability group with. So you're selecting someone to do the second tool with on a regular basis, weekly. And so that's an application point. And then pray that God helps you be obedient to him, invite him to work in you and those around you. And then for the suggestion, take a picture of your soaps Bible study and share it on social media. Okay, then you finish. And then I just want to show you the very first of session two to get a feel for what the account oops, what the accountability looks like. So when you come back, first make sure everybody has a copy of the guidebook. And then you have this check-in time. And that's what I want to highlight. So you check back with every individual. Did they do the SOAP's Bible reading? Did they journal it daily? And did they reach out to somebody about starting an accountability group with them? Okay, and so you get reports. So they're getting used to, you know, learning something, practicing it, and then applying it and having accountability for that. And so the whole course is set up in that type of a format. So before I go any further, are there questions about things I've said so far? Yes. Is it assumed that the accountability group would be people in this? No. Okay. Nope. The question was, is it assumed that the accountability partner would be someone in the group? And the answer was no. And But yes, it could be. And somebody back there. Yeah, I, uh, <coughs> the very beginning, but let's say, you know, as people get into this, they're really struggling to do this part of it, you know, to, to be accountable, to follow through. So how is a so the question was, what if somebody's struggling with this level of accountability or with applying it? So um, there is not really a built-in way to deal with that. We do have, you know, information on tips for facilitating the groups and things like that that would address some of that. But... Um, you know, built in. There's nothing that's self-evident on that. So um, I will mention at any time, you, you know, you can click on support or whatever. You have an option to sign up for a coach. So at any time you can sign up for a coach who then, you know, will relate to you and can talk about those things. But not everybody does that. So... There's some people who struggle with that and end up dropping out of the courses. There's some people who struggle with that and limp along, you know, because there's always a percentage of people who go through the training who don't really apply it afterwards, and that happens. Um, but we have a lot of people who do. So, you know, those are the ones we're really looking for. Um, one of the unstated purposes um, I had in launching Zume was as a filter. 
So I do a lot, lot of live trainings or have historically done a lot of live training events. And so in the past, you know, decade or so, that's mainly been in the form primarily of one week training events that are, you know, kind of intensive. And then I'll do three months of follow-up with individual contacts for every person once a week for the first month, once every two weeks, the second month, once at the end of the third month. And then I give them the option of continuing in, you know, in a ongoing coaching relationship and mentoring and all of that. And, um, of course it varies, but I'm going to just make up a rough, you know, estimate. Maybe I'll train 20 people in a session like that, follow up with all of those guys individually over those three months. And by the end of that, I'll usually discover that maybe four or five of those are serious about implementing this and living it out. That means 75 or 80% of the time I invested for those and invested in those people for the three months plus the one week intensive training was kind of wasted. And it's like, oh man, you know, that kind of hurts. That's a lot of time. On the one hand, it's wonderful because the ones that do implement, you know, it's great. But I was thinking, wow, I wish there was a way to filter so that more of my time could be spent investing in the faithful. And Zume was part of an answer to that. If somebody has, you know, self-starter enough to gather a group, go through this whole process, you know, do it, ask for coaching, fill out their three-month plan and be working on that with their coach, that is a person who's really serious. And yeah, we've uncovered some amazing people, amazing disciple makers doing that, who they had never thought of this stuff before. They find it, they go through it, they love it, and they're serious. And I never would have found those people, you know, without Zoomy. So that's one of kind of the background reasons for even developing it. So I don't know if that helps. Uh, you talked about using this primarily for it was originally designed for use in small groups. At what point uh, could you, would you take new believers through this? Oh, you, you absolutely could, but we would like for them to do that with others. So rather than going through it as an individual, there's, you know, I'm familiar with one big mega church in California that exclusively uses this for follow-up as their new members orientation for their church. They just send them through this and they've been very happy with it. So you absolutely can use it with brand new believers. But to be clear, it is designed for believers. It's not an evangelistic thing. It's a, you know, a niche thing targeting believers to equip them for a very specific thing multiplying disciples in simple churches so it's not like everything they ever need to know it's not a theology course it's not there's a lot of things it's not it's a very small niche thing but it's pretty you know for an online resource i think it's a a great example of this niche so yeah what's kind of the Yep. If they do it in these two hour chunks, it's set up in 10 
um, 10 of those. Yep. Okay, so you have a general idea of Zoom A. So what I want to do now is <coughs> I'll come back to Zoom A specifically later, but I want to start looking at some of the related sites. There's Zoom A.Vision. And so essentially, Zoom A.Vision is um, sort of a site for people who have gone through Zoom A and want to continue you know, doing this and collaborate with others who have also done that. And so it's got some tips on, you know, additional resources that might be helpful or, um, you know, tips from people who have successfully used it in a specific environment, you know, like in prisons or schools or, you know, things like that. Um, those types of things. And then there are also some kind of vision casting for, um, saturating you know the globe with uh, users so for example this shows where users are and how many users per you know per geographic unit so in Cumberland Tennessee you know there are 60,900 people and so to give um, that's Cumberland County. So it'll give, uh, you know, what's the population of the county, the state, the country, and the world, and, you know, how many activities have been reported. So there, there's five people, looks like four different people who have, you know, been using Zoom A, you know, in, in that county. And so you can look at that globally. And then we have different types of maps. So um, real time, we can look at that one. It gives you these uh, things during the last 100 hours. This is activity globally. And um, so in the last 100 hours in the northern part of the Philippines, there, they've had 299, 242 in that area. Anyway, you can keep drilling into wherever you're looking at and get information in the right column about everything that different individuals have been doing in the last 100 hours in that place. And almost, well, the vast majority of the time, every one of these represents a group. So this is somebody leading a group through that and so it helps, you know, whether you have the grade gradations with the color coding on how much has happened per population is like a vision casting tool for, yeah, our state's doing great, but look at the state next to us. There's this big gap or whatever, and that happens globally. And um, one thing that I've really enjoyed about Zoom A that's a little different for from a lot of, um, you know, programs that are started out of the U.S. is the U.S. is not a leader, leading user in this. So the last time I checked was March this year. At that time, U.S. was ninth in terms of the number of registrations. But the countries ahead of it were like India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, um, seven of the top 
eight were very unreached countries because it is in a lot of languages. And so U.S. was ninth in terms of the number of registrations, which I think is cool. And similar thing with coaching requests. You know, we get a lot more coaching requests from the hard areas, which is, I don't know, I like, <laughs> you know, I like that. So anyway, that gives you at least a little idea of the Zoom A vision. The, there's stats, you know, talks about gaps, some training. This is not as well developed yet because it's a newer site, but it's starting to get, you know, traction. I, I forget. I think we're having about 6,000 hits a month, maybe, on or just different users a month on that. Whereas Zoom A training, we're, right now we're at about 36,000 a month. Um, so, you know, it's not as well developed yet or, People aren't as aware of it. Um, one of the pages on the Zoomy training site has summary lists like this, where it shows you all of the segments in each of the sessions. So you can quickly go to any one that you want. Um, a nice thing is um, the training is sort of chunked out into 30 two separate units that can be standalone units. So for example, um, one, th one reason we did that was to kind of rise in the search engine because we don't do paid advertising. We're, we're, we're doing just organic stuff. So to rise in those search engines, if you're just doing discipleship, man, it's hard to get on there with just organic. There's so many people dumping a lot of money into getting hits on their websites, you know, for discipleship. But if you do, you know, prayer walking or whatever, we can rise up, you know. And so I think maybe 27 of our 32 pages or something like that, I'm making that number up, but it's a, a majority. We organically get on page one for some search terms. Plus, it makes it so people can design their own training. So maybe they, they like our training for, you know, 17 of those sections. And some of the other sections, they think, oh, that's not important to us. Or we don't really like the way they said that. Or we have something better there. Well, they can still put together a page that'll link to those 17 that they like in any order they want and intersperse hyperlinks that they like better for the other topics. And you can put together a new training thing really quick that includes what you want in the order you want, you know, kind of how you want. And so it's sort of like um, an opportunity to, for them to do kind of white label training courses really easily off of those. Hey, I hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. I wanted to take just a second to tell you about the Discipleship.org Collective. It's an online community designed for disciples and disciple makers. And if you're a follower of Jesus, then you fit in one or both of those categories. And we made this website with your needs in mind. The website itself is super cool because it's like stepping into a virtual church building. There's a welcome center, an auditorium for main events, and even some classrooms. 
Right now, you can get free access to this collective where we provide weekly webinars, we've got ebooks, and even disciple making assessments for you and also your whole church. And don't mistake this for just a website, it's actually a community for disciple makers. Basic membership is free, but there's also a premium access option that includes courses, certifications, and online gatherings with other leaders from around the world. So go to discipleship.org collective and sign up for your free membership today. Once you register, you can have, you have a, um, where you can track your own progress. So, um, there are four columns for each topic. So here you, you've got topics. And then, so topic one, topic two, like this, down for 32 topics. And so for topic one, have you heard it? Have you gone through the lesson? Have you obeyed it? That means you've actually applied what you learned in that lesson. Third one, have you shared it with somebody else? And then fourth, have you trained them to be passing it on to the next generation? And so in order to complete, you know, you, you need to check all four of those boxes. Um, and so that's kind of how that's set up. Um, oh, this was just to remind me to talk about the um, guidebook. So it is... 37 pages, yeah, 37 pages. And it'll have, um, you know, some little graphics and some text that's explanatory to reinforce what's happened in the videos and or the audio segments. And this year, or I don't think we'll have it out by the end of this year, but hopefully first quarter next year, We'll have an entirely book-based um, version of Zume that the whole thing is like an expanded guidebook because we're incorporating all of the lessons and pulling graphics out of the videos to using the margin next to the text to have a text-only option for some people who prefer that. All right, so before, I, I hate to go too far without asking for questions because I'm kind of jumping around. So any other questions so far? Yes. Uh, who are the coaches and, and then is there, or is, is there communication between the peers, the, the disciples in the group? Are they? Yep. So the first question. You, you may have to remind me the second one, but I'll answer the first one in it. The first question was, who are the coaches? Um, so let me jump ahead. No, I didn't pull up that page. But the coaches are experienced practitioners who have seen multiplication of groups. And so we have them in a lot of places. And there's a specific process. So if you go to the zoomay.vision page, one, there's, um, I think, under resources maybe, or articles. It's under articles. There's a, an article on how to become a Zume coach. And so it lays out the process there um, on how to become a coach. And 
is that enough of an answer for the first question? So the second question was, do the um, members of the groups know each other? And communicate, communicate through this. not through this. So most groups are meeting live as a group. So what, you know, communication is happening face to face in the group as they go through it. There a small number, which I was going to mention shortly, but I'll jump to it now, are doing what we call Zoom A on Zoom. And so in those groups, there's some people who, for some reason, cannot or won't gather a group themselves to go through this, and, but they still want to go through it. So we have um, experienced facilitators, and so far in every case, case, it's been people who serve as coaches, who conduct an online training for people who don't know one another. And so they will set up within their group plans for communicating, but that does not happen through this app. Um, and typically, it's been amazing how diverse those groups are. But you got the one commonality is whatever language it's in. So if there's an Arabic language one, they all speak Arabic. If it's an English one, they all speak English. Spanish, they all speak Spanish. But other than that, in those groups, you know, you'll have people from 14 countries and seven states out of 25 people. So they're from all over and they don't know one another, but that's, that's a small minority of the groups, but it's going well. We've uncovered some really neat people through that, that process, even though there aren't a lot of those groups. My group used this WhatsApp to kind of communicate with each other. So I just started a group and there's a guy from Kenya and me from Alabama, and then the trainer in Kansas City. So we communicate through WhatsApp. Nice. Good. So that, that's what they set up. So the communication doesn't really happen through the app or through the site. Have you guys encountered any obstacles from countries that try to ban your website? The question was, have we encountered opposition from countries that ban the website? Yes. Um, or parts of it. So for example, they may block Vimeo videos, which is our default, or they may, you know, block the specific URL for the language site. Um, so far, we've been able to work around that. So like we have algorithms that if Vimeo is blocked, it'll kick them over into a YouTube version of the videos. And very few countries so far are blocking YouTube videos. Um, we lose some other advantages of Vimeo, but, you know, they still get the content. Um, we've had to, you know, run off of proxy servers and some things for some countries. So set up, you know, or ways that we can continually migrate the site and try to communicate to people how to do that. Um, there are places where because of challenges like that, we've gone more heavily to SD cards. So the first country we did that in was Somalia. And if you're familiar with Somalia, tough place to do live training events. You know, there's lots of challenges. Um, 
boatloads of churches have been started in Somalia through trainings done off of the SD cards that they go through this training and then end up forming networks and stuff. So, you know, there are challenges so far. We've, in most cases, been able to find ways to work around them. Um, speaking of alternative ways like SD cards, the other thing is the app. So this is like a screenshot of the app. The app is available in every language that Zoom is in, except I'm not absolutely positive we have the American Sign Language up yet on the app. I think we do, but I'm not positive on that one. Um, but it allows you to download all of the content onto your device. So, you know, if you're in an area that doesn't have good Wi-Fi or, you know, there's other reasons why people can't access this website, then they can run it just off of their phone or, you know, tablet or computer or whatever. So that's a possibility. Um, you can download scripts for all the videos or audio segments. You know, some people, we, we originally did this at the request of um, some North Americans. There were some older people who couldn't process, they're not used to processing video as fast because you saw the, the pace is pretty quick on those videos. And so they said, whoa, that's too fast. And they were having to play every video like two or three times. And they said, we'd love to be able to read it. So you can download all the scripts, you know, for those off of the site. Um, so another thing that's interesting, I know this is a discipleship conference, but just in case you know somebody who focuses a lot on evangelism, um, we think Zume is really well suited to do follow-up for people who make online evangelistic decisions or whatever. So typically on those sites, people who do that, they try to get the people's contact information so they can do some follow-up. But routinely in excess of 90% of people who make decisions on those sites will not give their contact information for one reason or another. So we devised a way that if they're starting to um, navigate away from that page where they indicated with who, whatever ministry that was, you know, a decision, then, um, a pop-up appears and says, hey, wait, you can learn more without giving any contact information. And so a number of those people um, will then choose to go to a page. So we put together, we'll put together a site like this that has that ministry's logo up top. And then we have another um, video here called The Four Relationships, which in a sense is a representation of the gospel so that, you know, because we, we offer this to different people and we want to be confident what it says. So it's like represents the gospel. And this is like a seven and a half minute video. And then it gives them 
things that they can learn about. And every one of these is a, expands out to different topics that are some of those 32 chunks of training. And so they can access any of those 32 chunks of training directly based on their interests. And then with each one of those, it'll pull up that little chunk, give them a, you know, a nice video and a little bit of text introduction to it, and then say, hey, guess what? This is part of a larger system of training. It's all free forever. If you ever have questions, you can, well, if you sign up, we have, you know, you'll have a dashboard where you can track your progress. You can have access to coaches who can answer your questions, et cetera, et cetera. So using this type of thing that we, and we literally can generate one of these for a, you know, a ministry in 10 minutes. We can generate one of these landing sites. They get a monthly update on the activity of all the people who have gone to our site, gone to the, through this landing page, what, what their behavior online was and send them reports on that once a month. It's automated. And we've been getting about the last several months, it's been right around 11,000 users a month, close to 11,000 users a month through this type of referral. And so those are people who are getting follow-up who never would have gotten any follow-up because that's not what online evangelism is good at, you know? And it's like, well, what happens to those people? Nobody knows. Well, now some of them are getting this. They're going through the training. They're asking for coaches. And then, you know, so if you know of online evangelism sites, you could encourage them to incorporate this. We'd appreciate it because we think it's a, you know, good stewardship of the effort they're putting in. So if we're at, at in our own websites for churches, and this, I'm assuming this is like a widget. That we well, would just provide you a landing page that has this on it, and then you figure out how to get people to it. And yeah, we could set that up for individual churches or whatever. How do we do that? How do we... You ask me. <laughs> and you give me a logo and you give me an email address to send the monthly reports to you. So pretty straightforward. So this is another thing that probably isn't relevant to you all, but it could be. It's called disciple.tools and it's the back end of Zume. So it's a um, customer relations management software specifically for disciple making. So it will track people from initial contact. Originally, it was actually des designed for everything up to kind of conversion. And then now it's been extended. So it's, it could handle from, you know, first contact with seekers through their journey till they become followers of Christ. And then as they're growing in Christ, a bunch of metrics you can measure and then starting churches even, and then reproduction of those churches with generational mapping software for the fruit and all of this, and it's free. So that's a pretty good deal because, <laughs> you know, CRM 
software tends to be very expensive and is not custom made for disciple making at all. And it's pretty configurable too. So if you're in a ministry that could use CRM software for that, you can get your own instance of disciple tools and it's no cost, but it's what we use as the back end of ours. It's the same team that has produced all of the websites I'm going to show you today. So just bear that in mind. Another specific application <clears throat> for some of this is related to what's called uh, media to movements. So it's mainly been used in the social media world. And the idea is how do you, through primarily social media, get people through the process of entering the kingdom, growing as a disciple, and then multiplying. And so for the latter part of that journey, Zume becomes relevant because typically these places are running ads to, or the organizations that are doing this or the you know, ministries that are doing this, they're running ads to find people you know, that their content would be relevant to. But very few, there's a lot of evangelistic stuff. There's a lot of like theology stuff or basic discipleship stuff on, you know, how to read your Bible. And there's a lot of stuff like that. But when it comes to multiplying disciples, there's practically nothing out there, even in English. If, if we're really talking about what I'm talking about when we talk about multiplying, there's very little out there. And in other languages, it's almost totally non-existent. So you can use these little chunks, these 32 chunks, as topics to run ads for, to find the people who are already believers and stuff to equip in that process. So kingdom.training talks not just about that portion of the process, but the whole process and guides you in how to get started in using social media in that way. So if you're interested in that type of application, then I recommend that. And again, all free. Hello, Disciple Makers Podcast listeners. I want to invite you to the 2022 National Disciple Making Forum here in Nashville, Tennessee on October 5th and 6th. Jesus had a strategy, a plan, and a roadmap for making disciples. In other words, he was highly intentional. He guided, coached, and developed his disciples into full-on disciple makers. And by living out the Great Commission, they changed the entire world. We're constantly gaining new insight about intentional discipleship as we look closely at Jesus. And if we're thoughtful and prayerful, we can apply many of those same practices today. So head on over to discipleship.org to buy your tickets for the 2022 National Disciple Making Forum. I look forward to seeing you there. Another family of sites that is small now, but will undergo a lot of development over this next year is prayformovement.org, the number four, prayformovement.org. 
org. And currently, there are mainly two applications here. One is um, a 24-7 prayer implementation tool. So, like, say you, you want to um, mobilize 24-7 prayer for, and our first emphasis is um, Muslim majority nations. There are 52 of those. So we want for every one of those for the month of Ramadan. So for 30 days, we want to have 24-7 prayer for that nation. And so this just runs seamlessly the setup for that. People come, sign up for a slot. It sends them reminders. And when you're, you log in to, or hit the site, it, it knows, you know, what you've signed up for. And so it'll bring up prayer requests by geography, you know, the, the states or provinces within that country, specific prayer requests for them, et cetera, et cetera. And, it sort of manages that system for you really easily. Um, soon, right now, we have it just set up for those countries for um, that specific purpose. But very soon, we'll have templates out where you create your own. So, like, you could pray through the state of Ohio, you know, or whatever for whatever period you you pick 24 seven and how big do you want the slots to be 15 minutes, you know, or I think is like the default on that, you know, we have, but you can adjust that, you know, if you want people to pray for five minutes or an hour, you you'll set that and it'll generate suggested prayer requests. And if you don't like those, you can advance through or you, people don't have to use them. But anyway, it sets up the administration of 24 seven prayer emphases very easily. So that's one tool that's current. Another one is pray for networks. For example, in North America, what, and by, when I say that, I mean U.S. Canada, because that's our 2414 North America region, is we're um, having or in a sense creating or mobilizing teams to focus for movements in each state. So, you know, there's a pray for Maryland, pray for Colorado, pray for, et cetera. And it's a pretty new emphasis, but we've currently, I think, got 26 states and one or two Canadian provinces covered. But we have a template we provide that has a lot, you know, it makes it as easy as can be really to set up one of those networks and a a network of people that are do, running those sites to coach one another and answer questions, trying to, you know, first saturate the country with people praying for movements, and then that's tied to helping them become effective implementers as well. So if you're interested in that, prayformovement.org would be a site to hit. And then one other... Um, close um, partner would be um, the agency team expansion that a lot of you are very familiar with. Um, they've got a couple of tools that are pretty neat. One is, um, and I'm just blanking on the name, something like 
30-day experiment or something like that, which is a pretty neat introduction to movements. But T groups is another specific thing that they've put together. You can get there by at moredisciples.com slash tgroups. And this one is not done by the same team as all of these other sites that I mentioned. But they're good friends. And what this does is takes about 60% of the Zume content, repackages it in a way that's a little more familiar and palatable to a lot of existing churches in terms of a small group format and uses that as an entryway. And so what they, they have 15 weeks, 90 minutes per section, but it, and it provides a little more guidance and sort of assumes a church leadership team kind of administering the training in some way. So it ties it in a little more to the existing church structure. And so um, some churches are finding that to be a friendlier or, yeah, I, don't, I don't know, friendlier because the other one's not unfriendly, but, you know, an alternative anyway as a way to kind of get introduced. And again, it's got about 60% of the content. It's not quite so heavy of an em emphasis on the accountability stuff, but it's definitely still in there. Um, so, you know, you're not, not losing that aspect. So I wanted to mention that to you. So um, that now we'll take some more questions and then... I would like to talk through some possible use cases for Zume after that. So any other questions about all of these things I've talked about? Wow. How about yeah. that? Just wow. You're stretching our mind. Oh, good. And it's kind of fun that how quickly God has kind of brought traction because this was birthed February 14th, so Valentine's Day, love God, love one another, seemed appropriate. Valentine's Day 2017 okay. is when it started. And yeah, there's no organization, there's no bank account. It's just a bunch of volunteers part-time on the side chipping in to do all of this. And when the pandemic started, we were running under a thousand users a month. And then for 16 months, we were at 50,000 users a month, which is a pretty fast jump <laughs> from one to 50,000 in one month, basically. And um, so it's been cool how God's given it traction with like very few, you know, resources other than just people who love disciple making and thought we need needed, you know, some uh, more options online. So it's been fun. I, I, not a question, but just to thank you so much for your uh, Yep. Uh, and thanks to many others yeah. who it's absolutely a group effort from a lot of people, you know, who just love this. Um, so I want to talk about or remind you in some cases of some use cases for Zume. One is the way it was designed. 
10 small group sessions, you know, done live with people that's self-facilitated. So that's one. Um, another is um, maybe you're running a live training event and you want to cover some of the topics mentioned in Zoom A. It's very easy to pull up a, a little video to give a three or four minute introduction to it and cover a lot of the basics to sort of frame the discussion. And it makes it easy for trainers who are maybe less experienced to introduce some topics in a way they may, you know, might not feel too comfortable in doing. Um, I mentioned the follow-up for online evangelism, right, with those kind of white label landing pages. Um, a review resource for people who have already been trained in these things. Practically nobody ever gets training in these topics and they immediately understand all of it, go out and flawlessly implement it. Just doesn't happen. You'll find a lot of people, they'll go through some training once, twice, three times, and then it's like, oh, it clicks, you know? So it's really common for um, reinforcement or repetition to be a big part of people kind of finally understanding and implementing these principles. And so this provides an easy way. Sure, live training is always better. I mean, I would always say that. But once somebody's trained, getting them back to a live training repetitively is not always an option, you know, or people aren't willing to do that. This is a really easy way for them to get some of that reinforcement and repetition. Um, I mentioned making it part of a media-to-movement effort. So once people come to faith, helping equip them to become multiplying fruitful disciples. Um, I mentioned the SD card distribution. And of course, any other, you know, USB, you know, et cetera, like that. Um, I mentioned the app downloads for offline use. That's, uh, you know, always a possibility. Um, new member training for churches. I mentioned that one church. There are others that do it, but that's the biggest one that I know of. I think I've, I'm making this number up, but it seems like they run about 5,000 on a weekend. So, I mean, you know, it's a good-sized church. Um, and um, a church that many of you are familiar with, um, Southeast Church in Louisville, which is a really big church, right? They're using quite a bit of Zume stuff in their small groups. Um, they have quite a few small groups that have grown out of people reproducing this. Um, but obviously for smaller churches, it's great because you don't have to have staff. It's all self-facilitated. So it's an option for smaller churches too. Um, then I mentioned the facilitated online groups, the Zoom A on Zoom. Um, you know, if you're interested in working with people from other places, um, or you just have a passion for literal online training, not just accessing the materials and doing it live, I mean, locally, but, you know, 
fully online training, you can do that through through um, Zoom. And then I mentioned the guidebook only option coming soon. There are lots of other improvements. We know lots of things we could do better or more completely and stuff. And we have, you know, a plan for development for the, you know, next years. But that's kind of what's either available right now or very soon in the last case. Um, I, would, I would love to hear additional ideas you have for um, using it. And the rest of our time, five minutes, we can answer any other questions that you might have. I'm currently, I'm in week two of a group, so through Zoom. And um, I'm trying to, I want to see pastors, so I work for a Baptist association, 55 churches, and huge lack of disciple making across the board. Um, but we're, me and another pastor go apart for disciple making, want to kind of get together and do like an online kind of huddle or training for for pastors that might be interested in learning more about disciple making. Um, what, how, how would something like Zoom make you think, and you know the context because you're in Alabama and that's where I am, you can see a lot of ways that might yeah. be, be challenged. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know. It, it might, if you haven't looked at those T groups yet, it might be interesting to look over that and just say, you know, how would that be perceived compared to how people might receive Zoom A kind of full dose, you know? Yeah. The, simple, the simple church aspect, I think, is where the rub might be for some of those established yep. church pastors. And so the T groups, one specific thing, way they make it more palatable is by talking about how to maintain your involvement in your existing church and make disciples starting kind of, um, you know, these simple church type of units on the side and, you know, the possibilities for, you know, those possibly feeding back into the main church or being free not to. And so they're kind of casting the vision for give them some freedom, but also catering to the desire for control, you know, of what's going on. And so you might look at that as an option. So that would be moredisciples.com slash tgroups, I think, or maybe it's transformation groups. I think tgroups was the URL. I guess I'm just thinking of um, where I'm from. I went up in northern Indiana, and there's, you know, churches there, and discipleship are, are not real strong either. But how to cast vision for some of this stuff um, to, like, local churches and pastors, um, do you guys have, I'm not sure the best way. Like yeah. Um, so the question was, what's the best way to promote this with pastors in local churches? And my first answer is, I don't know. But I do know a couple of people who are working or wanting to work seriously on that. One of which will be known to everybody here because one of them is Bobby Harrington. He's highly motivated to figure that out. And... Um, He's only been starting to think that direction specifically, you know, related to Zoom A or close, close equivalents for a few months. 
somebody who's been trying to work that direction a little longer is the guy who put together the T groups thing, which is Doug Lucas over at Team Expansion. So of the people that I kind of work with directly, those would be the two who would have kind of the most opportunity and interest and passion toward figuring that out. So I would suggest contacting one or both of those guys and they would love to get input from anybody here as they try to figure that out. So that would be my response. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you for the amazing ways that you are using online opportunities that we would never have dreamed of 30 years ago. And uh, even two years ago, we couldn't have anticipated how quickly those options would grow. And Lord, we ask that you'd help us steward those opportunities well for your glory. Amen. Man, that was great stuff from Curtis and Zume Training. And you know what? That was a great ending to our trip through all of the track sessions from last year's forum. We made it. I kind of feel like we should celebrate. You know what? You're in your car and you deserve to stop and celebrate. So get ready. We're going to celebrate like no one has celebrated before. Can you feel it? Are you ready? Put those hands in the air. Three, two, one. And now everyone stuck in traffic next to you is looking at you like you're weird. Congratulations. You're welcome. Hey, thank you so much for sticking with me through this year as we went through those track sessions. And our next Disciple Making Forum is coming up so fast. October 5th and 6th will be here before you know it. Our main speakers this year are Bobby Harrington, Jim Putman, Alice Matagora, Myron Pierce, Renee Sproles, Tim Hawks, Dan Lights, Matt Markins, and Shadonke Johnson. And we've got 72 breakout sessions available, many of whom you heard from in these episodes this past year. A lot of them are coming back to join us again. So I hope that you will go to discipleship.org and purchase your tickets for the National Disciple Making Forum. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode where we will begin hearing from various leaders and speakers whom we have had the pleasure of hosting on our discipleship.org collective platform. All right, everyone, have a great day and keep listening to the Disciple Makers podcast. See ya.